Hey everyone, this is a bonus episode of the Prepper Website Podcast. This is an audio version of Prepper Website Live. I hope you enjoy it. When you're right in the middle of an emergency situation, whatever that might be, you do not want to take that time to fail. You know, we, we prep for so many different reasons, but you want to make sure that when you are needed in that emergency situation, whatever whatever it is, that you, that your plans, that your gear, that the stuff that you have prepared, that they don't fail. And so that's the topic of this live uh, today. So we're going to be talking about five ways that preppers fail. And this live is really going to be based on a article by uh, my good friend, Michael Bunker, who uh, I've interviewed on the podcast a couple of different times. I'm actually going to link to his uh, interviews uh, in the description. And uh, this is is actually an archived article that uh, you really can't get on the internet any longer. And so as I was uh, preparing and and looking for the topic uh, for this live, um, I started going into the Prepper website archives and I found this article. And, you know, the minute that I knew that it was one of Michael's articles, I realized it wasn't going to be on uh, the Internet. But because I have the link and because there are ways to get the links that have been archived uh, online, uh, I'm able to share this with you. And it's not a very long article, but I'm going to take the five things. I'm actually going to take the six things, um, five things that he shares, and I'm going to share one of my own um, and just kind of expand on those a little bit. So um, let's go ahead and go over to, um, let me get this ready here. Let's go ahead and go over to his uh, to his website. Again, this is the archive website. You cannot get this on the internet any longer. Uh, I will link to this in the description so that you can get to it. Uh, he's got a lot of great stuff here. Uh, he had a lot of great articles. So uh, yeah, I've told him like, what the heck, Michael? Why'd you why'd you uh, remove all this stuff? So hopefully he has all this saved somewhere. He can bring these out a little bit later on. But uh, because of the magic of the internet and nothing ever ever gets deleted on the internet, uh, because of that, um, you uh, or you and and I can look at this article and we can um, uh, glean some great information from Michael. All right, uh, so uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Michael Bunker, he is uh, an agrarian, Christian agrarian. He has written the book. He's, he's an author. He's written a bunch of different books. I highly recommend Surviving Off, Off Grid. You can see it here on the page uh, over here. I've actually linked to that, uh, to that book over on Amazon. You can get the Audible version of it. Um, I highly recommend it. Maybe I'll talk a little bit more a little about that here in just a minute. Um, he's written a lot of other great books. Uh, the Last Pilgrim, uh, Wick, the the Wick Omnibus that you should uh, really definitely, uh, I mean, if you just want some good fiction, um, really great stuff there. And actually, we talked a little bit about his um, his uh, book, Wick, or the Wick Omnibus, in uh, episode 671. And again, like I said, I've, I've uh, linked to it, and I think it's, it's kind of funny because Um, That book was written years ago, but there is some real big ties to how things are going nowadays. Um, And so it's, um, I don't know, maybe maybe a little prophetic there. But anyway, a lot of good stuff, great, interesting uh, information that he shares on those interviews. You can go check those out. So let's go ahead and dive into this this article here. And uh, the five quick signs, this is his title, five quick signs that you are preparing to fail in your preparedness. 
And uh, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and just read these one at a time, but I'm going to give a little bit of commentary, just to some of my ideas. I'm sure Michael would have a bunch of different other ideas. And uh, again, you're going to catch a lot of those in Surviving Off-Off-Grid. So let's look at number one. If you are not currently using and or eating the stuff that you are storing as preparedness items, then you are preparing to fail. Man, how, how true is that? Um, it's very prevalent in the preparedness community that people have this idea, especially those that are, that are kind of new, newish to preparedness, is that if I can get stuff, if I can get the, the stuff that I would need, quote unquote, need to survive, and I can stock that away somewhere, then when everything goes down, right? When uh, the balloon goes up, the zombies come out, whatever whatever it is happens, you're in that SHTF moment, then I'm going to be okay because I'm going to have all this stuff. I'm going to have a closet full of stuff. I'm going to have a room full of stuff. I'm going to have a garage full of stuff. And that's really not the case. So let's just kind of talk a little bit about that. Uh, I'm going to get into food in just a minute, but let's just talk about gear and stuff. So this Christmas, I bought my wife an air fryer. You know, everybody's been talking about air fryers. And I bought an air fryer because, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit easier and we can cook fast things and stuff like that. And and again, like I said, everybody was, it was had one. So I was like, you know, why not get one? So um, the minute we opened it up and, and we started, you know, unpacking it and everything, I noticed that one of the plates had a big scrape in it. You know, and it's like, hey, this isn't safe to cook on. You know, you don't want to, you know, this is going to cause rust. And then when you, when you cook, when you clean it and, and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I, immediately I got onto, you know, the internet and I, and I contacted the, the company and they sent me over a new one. Well, can you imagine then being, you know, a quote unquote prepper and you start stocking all kinds of things, waiting for the apocalypse the apocalypse happens and you go to reach your whatever it is, your survival, whatever, and you start opening it up and it's it's not complete. It's something broken. Uh, it, in the apocalypse, you're not going to you get a, a return label from Amazon. You're not going to go to Walmart. You're not going to go, you know, get in the car, hop into the car and go to the big box store and, and return it. That's not the thing. They, I mean, that's not that's not what you were shooting for. That's not what you wanted. So this is big fail if you buy items and buy things and just stock them and don't know how to use them. Plus, when you're in an emergency situation, that is not the time to go try to figure out how to use something. You know, whatever that might be, you need to know how to use it. So when you're in an emergency situation that you're able to move right along and you're able to, to get into it and whatever it is, whatever piece of gear it is, it's like second nature to you. You don't want to have to be thinking about it. I don't want to have to go find my glasses and read small little print to try to figure it all out. There are some things like batteries. If you have batteries and you just have put them up in, in a closet somewhere, um, like if they're rechargeable and different things like that, those really need to be used. Um, I remember one of my good friends talking about she had a weather radio and, and she really hadn't done anything with it. And uh, it was up in a closet and she brought it down and it wasn't working. The, the battery wasn't really charging like it should have been charging. And so there's you know all these different things there that we should truly be uh, using these items so we are familiar with them. So we know that they work so that we can count on them when the chips are down whatever it might be. So just putting things, stocking things up in a closet, in a garage, uh, in a room, that's really not 
the way that uh, you really are going to be prepared. You're going to fail in that case. Now, he did mention eat here, so I, I do want to quickly talk a little bit about food. If you have tons of money, all the money that you, you know, that you can put in a big order for long-term food storage and you can buy one year's worth for your whole family, you figure it all out and, and you get all these packages on your front door, you know, delivered by Amazon and then you put them in your, uh, in your closet or a room or whatever and you never taste them, you are going to fail. And let me tell you something. I have tasted a lot of different long-term food storage throughout the years, and a lot of it tastes like crap. I mean, it's just crap. And you've got to really be thinking about what the good stuff is out there. So, I mean, you can buy the good stuff. You're going to spend a little bit more money. You know, you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to really have to research it out. Almost every uh, long-term food storage company has some kind of sample pack that you can buy so that you can bring it home, you can sample it, you can give it to the kids, and you can see what they think about it, um, you know, and, and kind of go from there, buy something that people are going to want to eat. We always hear the term, eat what you store, store what you eat, and that's very important. Um, you know, I'm one of those that stores uh, beans and rice, and uh, it's cheap, you can bake big buckets out of, uh, you know, I don't want to only eat that during the apocalypse, quote unquote apocalypse, but I know they store for a very, very long time, but I'm okay eating that. So, you know, there's a, there's a big, you know, there's two sides of every story. People will say like, don't ever buy anything that you're not ever going to eat because people won't eat it when, you know, when the time comes. See, I'm under the impression that if I was truly hungry, um, you know, my mom's words in the back of my mind still stick with me uh, when I was a kid. And I would, you know, like, Mom, I'm hungry. And she's like, well, here's, you know, here's an apple. I'm like, I don't want an apple. And she's like, well, then you're not really hungry. I think that if you truly are hungry, you're going to eat whatever is there uh, uh, in front of you. But the big question then after that is then why would you buy something that you know your family doesn't want to eat anyway? I mean, I'm, I like beans and rice. I mean, I'm used to it. Um, there's no problem with, with, with having that and storing that. Now, one thing I will say is I don't want to just eat beans and rice and that's it without any kind of seasoning. I mean, you know, my wife does a really great job of, of making chowder beans and, and, and all different kinds of rice. And so I want to be able to uh, season my pinto beans and I want to be able to, uh, you know, have my, my rice seasoned as well. And so one of the things that I know I need to do is store up some spices and store up some things like that as well as have a garden so that I can get those fresh, uh, fresh vegetables in there that I need. So all those things come into play. Um, so you really want to be thinking about uh, the food that you're storing, and um, you've got to you got to be storing food. If you're if you're not storing food, that's already a fail there. But the food that you store, you're just not going and buying the cheapest stuff out there. You're buying the stuff that people truly want to eat. Your family truly wants to eat. So very important. There is a good number one there for us. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to number two. Number two is if you are not educating yourself and practicing what you will do to produce these consumable items or an adequate replacement for them after a disaster or collapse, then you are preparing to fail. Now, I got to say here, I agree and disagree. It's a yes and no with Michael on this one. And so I will disagree if you are the prepper that is in quote-unquote prepper, whatever, you know, that term. If you are the person in emergency preparedness 
who is only preparing for um, a, a natural event. So I live in the Gulf Coast. We have hurricanes. We're just coming out of the snow apocalypse in Texas and all those different kinds of things. So there are people that prepare just for those types of things, for the hurricanes, for the, the big you know floods or the fires or whatever. Um, and then you have the other side of where people are preparing if there was a real big situation or collapse of some sort, uh, you know, the grid down and, and all of those different things that can happen. So yes and no. Yes, you know, uh, I don't I don't necessarily or no, I don't agree with Michael on the fact if you are just preparing for these short term events and you're just wanting to get by. But if you are preparing for the longer term event, which I think that if anybody starts really paying attention and you start looking at our world and how fragile it is, then you might start saying, you know what, I think I need to prepare a little bit longer. That we'll maybe cover that here in a little bit. But if you are looking at the longer term, then yes, Michael's right. You do need to think about how you are going to replace those consumables. Because it doesn't matter how long you prepare for. If you prepare for six months, a year, two years, at some point, those things are going to run out. At some point, your gear, whatever that is, is going to break. It's going to bust. It doesn't matter how many replacement parts you have. It doesn't matter you know, uh, how good you are at fixing things. At some point, you're going to get to a place where you just can't bring it bring another piece in and and fix that so how are you going to go about fixing it to where you can uh replace the consumables we are we live in a consumer economy everything is consume 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 and and it's not about you know what can i produce and so there's got to be something there. You got to practice. He talks about practicing here, educating yourself, spending a little bit of time of, hey, what does it mean to to not just consume, but to be able to produce and, and all of the different things that that might be. Something as simple as soap. I mean, do people know how to make soap nowadays? Something as simple as, oh, we just go to gardening. And gardening is a big deal, but there's a lot of people who buy those big old seed vaults and they think that when the you know, zombies come, they're going to start throwing seeds into the ground and they're going to have a big old garden and they're going to be able to live like a king. And the thing is, they've never gardened before in their life. That's not time to start gardening. You need to know, you need to educate yourself, you need to practice on what it means to be able to produce and not just consume if you're planning, if you're preparing for that time in the future where things begin to break down, all right? All right, number three, let's go ahead and look at that one. If you are not studying or becoming aware to learn what caused the current system to be disintegrating and unviable, and if you are not practicing production, then you are preparing to fail. I, uh, I, I love this one here because when you start, and I alluded to this one in, in number two, but when you start paying attention to what is uh, our modern society and our modern life, um, it, it's kind of scary when you really start thinking about how one little kink in the chain 
can cause a domino effect. In fact, coming off of the snow apocalypse in Texas, that's what people were saying is that it was a domino effect of what was happening where the, the power plants weren't able to generate. I mean, they said that we were like four and a half minutes away from total grid failure. And if that would have happened, it would have taken weeks for the grid to come up. So I mean, I'm I'm talking to you now. I'm on the internet. I have lights. I have you know. I'm running my AC. Last week at this time we were freezing. <laughs> you know now I'm running my AC. You know so I have everything that I could possibly want. But one little kink in the whole system could have caused this to be down for weeks. And I don't need to tell you how things would devolve very quickly. There's not enough police. There's not enough National Guard. There's not enough military to come just manage Houston, much less all of Texas. So when you start looking at this aspect of it, it can be very scary when you start studying how our just-in-time system can break down. In fact, the grocery stores here in town still are not up to par yet. They're, they are getting there and the trucks are, are, are coming. But if things don't, you know, the trucks aren't rolling, if, you know, those types of things aren't happening, what's going to happen? And so our world is very fragile. Our grid is very fragile. Our infrastructure is fragile. There hasn't been a lot of money put into it. You know, the, the politicians will, you know, every time they come, we got to put money into the infrastructure. We got to, that's all crap to get uh, elected, you know. And so this, it's a very scary thought to be thinking about that. Guys, people died in Texas this last week. People, people were without water. You know, people were, and, and it doesn't take very long. You know, we we think about this romanticized idea of the apocalypse and, you know, we watch The Walking Dead and we watch all this kind of stuff and like, okay, the apocalypse, we're going to handle it. It's going to be this ultimate thing, you know, ultimate camping trip or whatever. I can tell you with three days without water, people were frustrated. People were making stupid decisions. People were doing dumb things, right? And so you can just imagine you know, not having electricity, not having water, not, you know, being able to flush your toilets easily. You're having to go find water somewhere. These are the types of things that we take for granted. And when that begins to break down, man, what, you know, where, where do you go there? So studying about that, becoming aware about that, becoming aware about our economy and, and, and how money flows and all those different kinds of things. I think that's very important to be able to understand that. And if you don't do that, if you don't have that on the in the back of your mind, understand how fragile we are, then you are going to fail. The other part, again, he talks about practicing production here. Now, Michael's going to be talking about, uh, he's coming from the agrarian and the Christian agrarian point of view. Uh, and, um, you know, Again, go check out his book, Off to Surviving Off Off Grid. A lot of great, it's not a how-to book, it's a philosophy book to help you understand, you know, all these things that we're kind of talking about uh, here right now. But um, for me, when I think about production, um, I'm thinking about being productive in my life beyond just like my job. So it's really easy to, to, to go to work and to get tired and to come home and just veg out on 
the you know on the couch like hey let me grab a drink let me eat some dinner let me veg out on the couch and let me just i sit there and watch television until it's time to go to bed and then i start it all over again now i don't watch tv i haven't watched tv in a long time in fact i would be okay with getting rid of the television you know if it wasn't for some shows there that uh you know the family members watch and when people come over to visit you know we gather in the living room and all that different kind of stuff but I tried to do something productive. Like right now, I am, it's a Friday night and I am recording this live right here because I want to be a little bit more productive and help people be a little bit better prepared. And so I'm going to be busy a little bit later on in the evening and I've got other things going on other nights in the, in the week because I want to be productive and I want to you know have something available out there more than just what I do at my job. So you might be thinking about what you could do to be productive. So again, the, the, I know Michael's coming from the Christian agrarian side, but maybe you would be thinking about how can I be productive? How can I do something? How can I learn a skill or create a micro business or have a side hustle where I can be a little bit more productive in my life? And uh, that begins to bring in a lot of different things. You know, one thing leads to another. And so it, it doesn't stay true. My, my, my idea of getting a micro biz or having a side hustle or, or or providing some type of service that people can pay you for doesn't stay true to exactly what Michael is saying here, but uh, I think we can adapt it for ourselves. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and jump to uh, number four. Number four is this. If you think storehousing consumables alone is a long-term survival strategy, then you are preparing to fail. Guys, uh, we talked about this already, but the idea here is not that you just put things up for the apocalypse. If, if that's all, if that's your mentality, then you, you, you're going to fail, just like Michael is saying here in his article. And one of the things that um, I started early on is thinking, like, if, if I'm to see this thing through, if I am to... You know, what's the next step? What's the next step? You know, if this was to happen, you know, what's going to happen? And so I can stockpile, like I said before, all the soap that, that, that I can stockpile. I could have two years worth of soap. But what happens after that soap is gone? You know, what are we going to do for hygiene? I can stockpile all the, you know, all the water filters that I can possibly stockpile. But what's going to happen when those water filters don't filter water anymore? I can have all the food that I can stock in my house, you know, stock it up to the walls. What's going to happen when that goes away? So you really need to be thinking about how do I do, how do I live differently? Because really that is if you're thinking long, long term in preparedness, if you're thinking the long term, uh, something truly happens, a, a true apocalypse, a true breakdown happens then how are you going to get beyond whatever you have stockpiled? You're going to have to have some skills. You're going to have to have some knowledge. And let me tell you something. This is, going, this is the biggest thing here that is going to shock everyone. You're going to have to live differently than you live right now. And that's the true fact. We, can't, we wouldn't be able to continue on our modern, day of, of, of modern way of living 
There's not going to be 24-7 Walmarts. There's not going to be, you know, uh, places that you can just go to Home Depot and, and, and get seedlings to put in your garden. You're going to need to be able to have skills the way that people lived before in the past. And so, again, um, I'm referring back to Michael's book. I think that's a great book. Um, gets you really thinking about this idea of uh, living very differently than the way that we live right now. All right, let's go to number five here. Um, let me go ahead and there you go. Number five is this. If, you, if your plan is to maintain your current lifestyle of unproductive consumption or to flip over once a collapse happens, then you are preparing to fail. You know, all these things kind of um, bleed into each other. How true is this? There is not, you really can't be prepared to the point where when things happen, the apocalypse happens, the balloon goes up, the hammer drops, the zombies come out, whatever, and then all of a sudden like, dun, 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 I am Mr. Rambo Prepper, right? It, that's just not the way that uh, it, it truly, truly works. Um, if that's your mentality, if that's your idea, then when the time comes for that to happen, you are not going to be truly prepared. You are, you're going to, you're, you're thinking it's the stuff that you have. You're thinking, hey, I've read enough of articles. I've listened to some podcasts. I've watched some videos. I'm good there. And then, you know, that, that's all that it's going to be. And then you are going to fail because you are not going to be ready, truly ready, because you haven't been doing the work. You haven't been practicing. You haven't been putting it into effect. And you might not be able to go all completely off grid right now. You might not be able to be, you know, completely living like you would during the apocalypse. I don't know. There's not a lot of people that would want to do that right now. But you have to be able to have the skills to be able to do that. You need to be able, it's, it shouldn't be like the first run, right? It's like when that happens, like boom, it's the first run and here I am in the apocalypse and that's it. That's the stuff of movies and different things like that. And so you really need to be practicing as much as you can. I know that Michael has talked about turning off the lights, going a weekend without the lights, the electricity. Maybe you turn it off at the uh, the box, right? Or you turn off everything but the refrigerator so that you don't lose the food there. But, uh, you know, how would you live in, in those kinds of circumstances? Uh, you know, sometimes we go camping and the camping that we do is a lot better than we would ever happen uh, ever have if we were truly in uh, a survival situation. So uh, you really need to put a little bit of thought into that because if things continue to devolve and things continue to go downhill, then you need to be ready to, to move into action. Listen, my whole reason for preparedness um, and the, the reason that I share this out is because I know that there's going to be people and there's going to be times when you are in a an emergency situation, whether that is the apocalypse type of situation or whether you're just in an, uh, an emergency situation for yourself or a personal SHTF, where people around you are going to be looking to you for answers. Now, if you're watching this, you're listening to this, you're, you're a person who believes in preparedness, 
but there's other people, your family members, your kids, your spouse, um, they might not completely believe the way that you believe, or they might not see things the way that you see things. So when it all goes down, they're going to be looking to you for answers. And at that time, you don't want to fail. You don't want to fail them. You want to be able to say, hey, there's no need to worry, right? You don't need to cry or you don't need to be upset or you don't need to be in fear because I've been practicing for this for a while. I've been preparing for this for a while. We have this, we have this. And so we're going to be in good shape. And if they see that you are confident and you know what you're doing and what you're talking about, then that gives everybody else confidence. Now, the idea is to bring those family members along so they're prepared as well. But that's not reality for a lot of people. For, for a lot of people, and I've been doing preparedness for a while, I know that people you know, contact me. It's like, Todd, I'm the only one in my family that prepares. You know, nobody, nobody else uh, believes that it's important. My kids don't believe that it's important. You know? uh, they just say that they're going to come over to my house, and, and so I'm preparing for them to come over to my house. And you know, all the things that we, we kind of deal with in, in that situation. I think some of the things that we've gone through here recently, I think is starting to wake some people up. But uh, I talked with someone just the other day about the, you know, the snow apocalypse. And someone asked me, do you think people are going to um, you know, be better prepared from here on out? And I think some people will. Some people will understand that, hey, you know what? I went without during this week and I don't want to ever do that again. But a lot of people are just going to go back to normal as soon as the lights come back on, as soon as water comes back on, as soon as there's groceries in the grocery stores, everyone goes back to normal. And the reason I say that is because we have had hurricanes all my life living in the Houston area on the Gulf Coast. And every time it's the same thing. People rush to the store to just buy. I mean, the, the hurricane is turning in the Gulf and they're just hanging out. They're just waiting, waiting, waiting. And then when for sure it's coming a day before, they rush to the store and then they don't get what they need. During the snow apocalypse that we had in Texas this last week, I, I've, I've, I've mentioned this several times already, but I went to the grocery store on Saturday morning. Uh, it is my regular time to go to the grocery store. Saturday morning when it opens up, usually there's nobody there. But there's, there was more people than normal there, but there were still very few people. And I got everything I wanted. There was, there was you know, I, I, it was my normal trip to the store. The snow and the temperature really started dropping on Sunday afternoon. The snow started hitting, you know, late, uh, late in the afternoon. And by that time, stores were wiped out because people waited to the very, very last minute. So, um very, very important there are things to be thinking about. So I said there was going to be number six. I have my own that I want to go ahead and uh, share with you. And, and this is, I've seen a lot of transition throughout the years in, in preparedness in the preparedness community. And so this is number six here. Um, it used to be where people would think, I'm going to be a lone survivor. I'm going to be able to pack my bags and go out to the woods and I'm going to live out there while society kills itself off and then I'll come back or whatever, right? And so that people realize pretty quickly that that's not going to be very viable. There's very few people that can do that, um, you know, in, in, in reality, in life. 
Uh, and so you can't really do that. Then people transition to, hey, it's going to be you know my family. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm prepping for my family. When the balloon goes up and the zombies come out, I'm going to turn off all the lights. I'm going to blacken out my windows. You know, I'm I'm not going to. I'm going to make sure my food doesn't smell. So uh, you know, doesn't draw people who are hungry and all those different kinds of things. So the idea was it's just this one little family unit here, and we'll defend ourselves against the world. I really believe that the answer is not that. It's not lone survivor. It's not just a family survivor, you know. It is really community preparedness. And so if you are not taking the time now to get to know your neighbors and to build relationships with them, and you might not like them, they might not be, uh, you know, they might not be the person you want to go through the apocalypse with, but they're going to be there if you do wind up going through the apocalypse. So building some kind of relationship there. And I'm not saying that you need to go, you know, uh, divulge all your prepper, you know, inventory to them. I'm not even saying you need to talk about being prepared. I'm just talking about having a relationship with them. So when things go down, then you have a group, then you know people, and you already know their their skill set. You already know um, the, the negative sides to their personalities, right? You already know what they're capable of doing. So when the balloon goes up, you're able to come together as much as possible as a community to help support each other, to help defend each other, to help do all the things that need to be done because there's no way that one person or one family can get everything done. So if you are not preparing for that, if you are not thinking about your community around you, whatever that means, because everyone's in different situations, then you are going to fail. Now, this is really one of the big topics for uh, a five-day challenge that I created a while back, and it is actually a free five-day challenge that is out there that uh, I will welcome you to. The link is in the description of the video, and you sign up through email, and you will get one video, one challenge a day for five days to help you build your preparedness community, your preparedness group. So it's the five-day challenge uh, to build your preparedness group. And uh, I, you know, it's free. You can go check it out. And I highly recommend it to get you thinking about what kind of community you're in and what that would look like if you were in a SHTF situation where you needed to rely on your your um, your community around you and, uh, and and go from there. All right, so uh, man, that's it. You know, six ways that preppers fail. Hey, I'm gonna just come back over here to uh, uh, Michael's Michael's uh, archived website again uh, in the description. I have a link to surviving off off grid. I have a link to um, the two interviews that I have done with them. I recently uh, posted uh, the last interview, if you prefer videos, over on Odyssey on my channel, over on Odyssey, uh, which uh, I am doing uh, more of my videos over there. The, I'm using YouTube for the live aspect of it, but then um, bringing them down, editing them, and taking them over to Odyssey. And that way we know that uh, uh, you know Odyssey is built on blockchain, so it's decentralized. And so if someone wanted to take down the channel, you know, on YouTube, then it, the videos are still there. All right. Um, anyway, a lot of good stuff here. You can still, these links are, are live inside of the archive. So it might take a little bit of time to uh, boot up or to get you where you want to get. 
too, but uh, it's there. And uh, if you, like I said, want more uh, of, of Michael, you want to be able to hang out with him. He's got a video channel. That guy goes live more than anybody else I know in the preparedness community, and, he, and he's very accessible. So you can connect with him. You can ask him questions. He will answer your questions. He go, I think he goes live like three times a week, right? And so uh, you definitely need to go uh, check him out. And uh, he's got a lot of good stuff. I mean, he's like uh, that uh, uh, prepper f- philosopher out there for you and uh, just has a, a lot of great stuff there. And then he um, he has another channel. It's called Bunker Fit. And he, he Michael's lost a lot of weight. I don't – let me go back to that. I want to show you this picture here because uh, he might kill me. He's like, Todd, what are you doing? So anyway, so look at this picture here. And uh, you kind of get an idea of what – you know, he's like, uh, you know, he's a big, tall guy. He's big like, hey, I'm a Christian agrarian, you know, I'm out there farming the land and stuff. And, uh, man, he has lost a lot of weight, you know. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. He has, uh, He's done a really great job of losing a lot of weight. So uh, he has a video channel just kind of dedicated to that. And so you can go check that out as well. I've linked to it in the description. Um, it's definitely something you want to go, uh, you want to go check out. Well, everyone, thanks so much for checking out this bonus episode. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And don't forget, if you're looking for more preparedness and self-reliant information, head on over to PrepperWebsite.com, where we have tons of preparedness, self-reliant, alternative news, firearms, DIY, Bible prophecy, frugal living, and homesteading articles just for you. And lastly, don't forget to join the email list if you haven't. When you do, I'm going to send you a free PDF on 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. Many of these you can't find on the internet any longer. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.